Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. And while the State of the Union may be the talk of the town, what's happening in Ukraine is still the top story. Russian defense minister is saying 498 Russian soldiers have been killed, 1,597 wounded so far. Ukraine? They say they've killed 5,800 Russian troops. So now it's a question of whose propaganda is better. Ukraine emergency services said more than 2,000 civilians and 10 emergency personnel have been killed so far. Russia's having a bad time of this. This is not in question. But Russia is also still moving and still advancing, still gaining control of areas. The latest, more fighting taking place in cities to the north, to the east, and to the south. It's time to pull out a map, people, because you got to understand what they're talking about before we can understand what we're going to do about it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It is so good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That is the number, 833-GOT-TONY. I'll tell you again. I will tell you again. I have absolutely... No thought at all of putting troops in Ukraine. But I have absolutely no problem with arming the Ukrainians. You've got a couple of areas to look at when you take a look at Ukraine. You have to the east, and you have the city of Kharkiv. That is the second most populated city in the country, 1.4 million people. The shelling there has been ongoing. Rocket fire, airstrikes, Russian paratroopers supposedly landing in the area. You then go south, and you will see right where the river dumps out into the Black Sea you will see a city called Kherson, K-H-E-R-S-O-N. If you were to go to Odessa and draw a line east, you'd be a little bit northeast, you would get to Kherson. The story there is that Russians have claimed control of the city. However, it is indeed the Ukrainians saying absolutely positively not. We still have full control of the city. Then you head north up that river to Kiev. And go just a little bit further north, and you'll see where Belarus is, and you'll realize how easy it was for the Russians to make their way towards Kiev as of yesterday. Really, this morning for us, a 40-mile caravan was 15 miles out of Kiev to the west, to the northwest. The plan is to encircle Kiev. The plan is to engage a good old-fashioned siege, or as they would say, laying siege to a city, to a castle, to a town. A siege is is millennia old. Surrounding or blockading a city or a town or a fortress by an army. It's an attempt uh, to capture it. And what you do is you simply wait them out. The siege prevents anything from going in and anything from coming out, but no one's, nothing's really going to come out, but you can't get anything in. Eventually, those people in the siege, they run out of food. 
they run out of the ability to function and they collapse from within. That is what the Russians plan to do to Kiev. And when they capture Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, they're going to execute him in the most public way possible. Or worse, they're not going to tell you what they did with him. And you'll have to guess as to whether or not they killed him. Meanwhile, they've already been trying to kill him, sending hit squads into Ukraine, have the Russians. Ukrainians say, oh yeah, that hit squad? Oh yeah, yeah, we, 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 we took care of that. What do you, what do you, what do you mean you, you took care of the hit squad? Oh, I'm just saying, Paulie, you won't be seeing him no more. Oh yeah, I mean Paulie, yeah, he, he got called out of town for that thing. I don't, I don't, who knows when he'll ever be back. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you, Paulie? What a, what a guy. What a, always made me laugh that Paulie. Oh, I'm sure gonna miss him. That's what happened to the Ukrainian uh, hit squad, right? The Russian hit squad meant to, I should say, meant to take out Zelensky. There's movement here, a tremendous amount of movement. President Biden last night, State of the Union, discussing sanctions. Together, along with our allies, we are right now enforcing powerful economic sanctions. We're cutting off Russia's largest banks in the international financial system, preventing Russia's central bank from defending the Russian ruble, making Putin's $630 billion war fund worthless. We're choking Russia's access. We're choking Russia's access to technology that will sap its economic strength and weaken its military for years to come. Tonight, I say to the Russian oligarchs and the corrupt leaders who built billions of dollars off this violent regime, no more. The United States... I mean it. The United States... Department of Justice is assembling a dedicated task force to go after the crimes of the Russian oligarchs. We're joining with European allies to find and seize their yachts, their luxury apartments, their private jets. We're coming for you, ill-begotten gains. And tonight, I'm announcing that we will join our allies in closing off American airspace to all Russian flights, further isolating Russia and adding additional squeeze on their economy. no problem with this either no problem with it at all and this is the part where putin clearly has misunderstood the situation and really and truly believed well first he truly believed how easy this would all be and then it wasn't so easy and then he said hey this isn't so easy and then he never it never dawned on him that the world would say oh, oh, oh we're banding together on this Okay, cool. Let's band together on this. Earlier, I spoke with Congresswoman Jackie Walorski, the second district of Indiana, especially when uh, Biden is talking about, you know, the importance of manufacturing in the United States, and you're just shaking your head saying, what is happening in front of me? But she said something very interesting about this coming together about NATO. I'll share that with you in, in a little bit. Putin did not prepare for this moment. Putin did not prepare for the idea that people would say, you know what? Screw this guy. Let's go do some work. This, in, in, in my beloved Indianapolis, there's a, a liquor store called Crown Liquors. 
and uh, nice people. Nice, nice people. They've always been nice to me when I I had developed a a rye whiskey called Recovery Rye uh, that got developed to help people during COVID, right? Hospitality workers. They're out of business. They're out of a job. So we created this to help provide scholarships for something called the Indiana Restaurant Lodging Association. And they took our money and they they gave it out to people, right? We raised money by selling this 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 rye whiskey all across the state of Indiana. It was great. Oh, so good. So good. I was I was super impressed by how it came out. And Crown Liquors carried our, our rye whiskey. We greatly appreciate that. And and they put out on, on Instagram to show our support for the people of Ukraine in their fight against an unprovoked and unjust invasion of their country by Russia. Crown Liquors has made the decision to pull all Russian-made products from our shelves. While we understand this may disappoint some loyal customers of these brands, we feel it is important to show our solidarity against these unlawful actions. We are actively pursuing the acquisition of alternative products from Ukraine that can further demonstrate our support for the Ukrainian people, even if only in a symbolic way. Do you think, for a moment, Vladimir Putin was ready for that? Do you think Vladimir Putin, and, and I will tell you, I won't lie, I got real issues with this. And like, there's part of this that kind of, that, that really does bother me. Do you think Vladimir Putin expected uh, Elon Musk to say, no, no, we'll get these people internet, and then take satellites overhead, change them around, and be able to get into the country a couple of thousand receivers so people have internet access? Do you think he, that dawned on him that that was possible? That a guy, a private guy, smoking weed with, with Joe Rogan could do that to him? You work so hard to eliminate communications, and then here comes this guy who named his kid a mathematical equation, and he's totally screwing you over. I put forth to you that none of it was considered. None of it was considered. The New York Post is reporting that Russia has declared cyber war on the United States. Now, this is being reported by Charles Gasparino in in the New York Post. Banks, J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, which are under constant attack from cyber criminals, uh, uh, these attacks are intensifying. And these attacks coming from Russia, Iran, or, or China. Anytime we decide a cyber attack comes from China, we take a billion dollars off the debt we owe China. Boom. Let's see how long they can keep this up. You know what? Not a billion, 10 billion. I need this thing to go quick because we get more than 10 a day. Boom, gone. Tell Xi Jinping, who controls every bit of the internet, I can't get Winnie the Pooh on Chinese internet because people say it looks like Xi Jinping. Oh, yeah, you can't find Winnie the Pooh on on the internet in China. But they can still get hackers through to attack us. $10 billion, kiss my ass. That's what we do. The Iranians start hacking. I have an idea. We send in a couple of battalions. We kill the Ayatollah Khomeini. We say, enjoy your freedom, and we leave. Time to reset the world stage, kids. People think they can bother us and they're not going to get bothered? I think we should bother them. Every time there's a Russian cyber attack on the United States, we send another 50,000 guns to Ukraine. 
And then we send a couple of hundred NRA guys to teach the people who don't know how to shoot how to shoot. That's what we do. That's our plan. That's how we're going to get this done. That's how you crush the enemy, by the way. With just an overwhelming bit of force because they're not expecting it. And we're seeing that play out. I think there's something incredible to learn here. Just like we've seen in the culture war mobs. The cancel culture people of the political left that go after Netflix and go after Spotify. You see what happens when you stand up? They stop. They only do it because they think they can beat you. And when you deny them, when you push back, they get louder. And you push back, they get louder. And eventually, they stop. They got nothing else they can do except be loud. Now, Putin can certainly do more. But I think he is absolutely confounded, dumbfounded by what it is he is experiencing, which is a Ukraine that's fighting back in a world that said, you know what? We think you suck. He wasn't ready for this. And maybe that's why, as reported by the Daily Mail, his family is in Siberia in an underground city designed to survive a nuclear war, which I totally, totally believe. Don't get me wrong. I know, I know. It's just a rumor. But I am totally, totally willing to believe that rumor. All right, all right, all right. Oh, yeah. He's in the bunker. The family's in the bunker. And you know they have to listen to all his stories about everything would have gone right if it wasn't for those meddling Ukrainians. Ew, David. That's exactly what they're saying. Dad, would you stop already? He isn't going to stop. The cyber attacks, the feeling that he's going to lose it all, he's going to react. He may not be mentally well. I'm not saying there aren't real issues here, real problems. And I'm not saying also that there aren't Ukrainians dying and the Russians are still advancing. These things are all happening. But he absolutely miscalculated. And now we're going to see whether he gets it back on track or whether he's given the opportunity to abandon the whole dang thing. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So producer Ari says to me, wait, you didn't say what your issue is with Elon Musk. I want to be clear. I don't have an issue with Elon Musk. He thought I had an issue with the liquor store. I'm like, no, 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 not at all. So I was discussing how there's a liquor store in Indianapolis, Crown Liquors, and they're not going to carry any more Russian product. They're not happy with what they're seeing with Russian invasion of Ukraine. They're not going to carry any more Russian product. I am totally fine with that. You're a business owner. You don't want uh, to, uh, to to carry this. You, you don't want. You're doing what you can to get the Russians to stop this invasion. I think President Trump just came out to call it a genocide. Producer Ari, double check me on that. Or wait, he, I think he called it a Holocaust. It was it was it's uh, Representative Sparts of, of Indiana, Victoria Sparts, who referred to it as a genocide, and she's right. Trump called it a Holocaust. Okay, I I, I thought so. I thought so. And I think there's going to be some back and forth on that uh, there because of the use of the word Holocaust as opposed to just the use of the word genocide. But we'll leave that for later. So Crown Liquors is like, we're not going to carry this anymore. Okay, I understand it. No problem. I think that's fine. My issue with 
Elon Musk, because Elon Musk runs something called Starlink. We're talking about uh, uh, satellite-based internet. And he was able to get the Ukrainian people internet. My issue goes as follows, because normally you'd be like, what the hell is your problem? Here's my problem. What if he thought Putin was right? Now, here's this billionaire, Tony Stark type, which you know if he could build the suit, he would build the suit. Somewhere in his basement, producer Ari, he's got plans for a suit. Probably. He's trying to figure out the reactor, the whole thing. What if he was a Putin fan? How would you feel if he was uh, changing satellites in order to benefit killing Ukrainian children? You know, to force the Ukrainians to give up. You'd be disgusted, you'd be outraged, all of those things. My point is, I don't know how I feel about this because I don't know how much I want to encourage that behavior. However, if I was if I was really honest and I and we're like, okay, uh, let's uh, let's go back into a little bit of history, a lot of bit of history. We'd always find people who financed a war, who financed a side, who financed an activity, who financed a killing, who financed a this, that, and the other. You're always going to find that. We don't have a nation without France. We don't have a nation without John Adams and Ben Franklin doing a little bit of begging. We don't. Just It's just... Just reality. So when I say I have, a, I, 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 I'm, I have a little bit of an issue with it, that's that's where I stand. That, that's where it is. I got a little bit of a thing going on with it. I got to break down the State of the Union. I will get into that, but I want you to hear from Representative Jackie Walorski of the Indiana Second. Because when Joe Biden starts talking about bringing manufacturing back to the United States, the Indiana Second, that's where they build RVs. I brought this up uh, to Representative Walorski. I thought she was going to lose her mind. Honestly, there are two or three times where I thought she was just going to break out into the four-letter, five-letter, six-letter, seven-letter words. I was convinced. I will share that with you coming up. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, rumble.com slash Tony Katz. Be sure to subscribe. It's free. This is Tony Katz today. jobs, lots of jobs. In fact, our economy created over 6.5 million new jobs just last year. More jobs in one year than ever before in the history of the United States of America. The economy grew at a rate of 5.7 last year, the strongest growth rate in 40 years. And the first step in bringing fundamental change to our economy that hasn't worked for working people in this nation for too long. It's always amazing when Joe Biden takes credit for creating jobs, which only involves people going back to work at the jobs he told them they couldn't go to. 
Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's great to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, rumble.com slash Tony Katz for the morning rumble and all the videos, all the podcast stuff. You find it all there, rumble.com slash Tony Katz. State of the Union last night there to see it happen. Representative Jackie Walorski, she represents the 2nd District of Indiana and somebody who's been around some parts of, of the country that do a fair amount of the manufacturing. Uh, Joe Biden spoke a lot about manufacturing yesterday. For the past 40 years, we were told the tax break for those at the top and benefits would trickle down and everyone would, would benefit. But that trickle down theory led to a weaker economic growth, lower wages, bigger deficits, and a widening gap between the top and everyone else in, in, in nearly a century. Yet somehow, every time he talks about manufacturing, he goes into a conversation like that. So did we see a Joe Biden who's convinced that American manufacturing is the way out? Is there anything he's willing to do to help make that happen? Jackie Walorski represents RV country, where they do a lot of manufacturing. Uh, Congresswoman, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Uh, Overall, your take on the State of the Union. Thanks, Tony. Joe Biden's trying to rewrite history, and he's done this before. You know, he promises unity. He promises all these great things. And then we find out that he's still the biggest supporter of a radical socialist agenda that's hurting our country. That's reality. What happened last night, I have no idea. But it's easy to take Republican talking points and talk about safe communities and, you know, rebuilding the economy and those kinds of things. When we have ships holding parts for the RV industry out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, he's not willing to do a thing about that. It was absolutely shocking. I felt like Ronald Reagan saying, well, here we go again. Here we have a rewrite of history right before our very eyes, but the American people know the truth. One of the things that you said in your statement about the State of the Union, as Hoosiers watch gas prices and grocery bills soar and threats escalate at home and abroad, Biden is doubling down on his radical agenda that prioritizes liberal political wins over results for the American people. There certainly was a lot of conversation from uh, President Biden about the things that he's already tried as if he was reselling it to America. Um, Your constituents, where there is a lot of manufacturing uh, going on, and you talk about some of those supply chain issues, what specifically are they saying to you about what's happened over the past year? The RV companies, the manufacturers that are in my district are absolutely, I think you could say every bridge has been burned in them trusting Washington to get anything fixed. Everything's been broken with this global supply chain. You know, uh, there was just an article on Monday, another record month for the RV industry. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, you know, we're going to hit a point where this broken supply chain starts catching up with that. And then you know what they want to hear? They want to hear about stability at the government level. They want to hear, they want to see the unlocking of all of those ships that are drowning, by the way, and burning, sitting out there in line. And, you know, when CEOs are looking for the stability, they're not finding it in Joe Biden. They certainly didn't find it last night when he tried to rewrite history. I think talk is cheap. I think Americans are totally burned out with his, with his talk. They're living the reality of what he's created.
So there are two things going on that I think that are moving people. Talking to Congresswoman Jackie Walorski from the 2nd District of Indiana. Uh, there is how our lives are affected by domestic policy. And we're taking a long look at Ukraine and the invasion uh, from uh, Russia. Now, you serve on uh, Ways and Means. You, you have the responsibility to the money. Uh, is there going to be more and more movement asking for more money for uh the Ukrainian people to be able to defend themselves. And as you see it, based on the speech last night, are Republicans and Democrats willing to write the check to help them? Well, I think what's interesting is I think the American people have latched on to the idea the heroes here are the Ukrainian people. And when we when Biden wasted a year not listening to what's actually happening over there, when they were asking us, the Ukrainians were asking us for weapons. He had a year to compile and to, to literally front load them. You can watch the storm coming just like a hurricane. You watch it, you track it, and you activate. He activated so late with, with sanctions and the things that he came up with. You know, we're trying to, again, we're coming in from behind. We're pushing all of these weapons now that they're purchasing. Ukrainians are buying. We're pushing them through Poland and our NATO allies. But certainly not at the breakneck speed of, I think, what we thought was going to happen, that we were really going to, you know, be proactive and get weapons over there. Thank God Donald Trump floated them all of those weapons and sold sold to them what they have now, or they would not have had one single thing to operate with. Now, he, of course, the, the story being that Trump did send them the javelins and other things, and it was Barack Obama who sent them uh, blankets. Flashlights and, and blankets. Right, and, and good thoughts and, 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 and happy thoughts. The question before us, though, is based on what you saw last night, you know, President Biden, we can say what we will and we will agree about much. It was probably the strongest he's ever been. It was as close to acceptable as I could have gotten out of, of Joe Biden in this conversation about Ukraine. And you saw both sides of the aisle standing up and, 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 and applauding the idea of doing more regarding Putin's aggression. Are you going to be seeing... Uh, dollar requests coming through how big are those requests and will they be approved uh we are we going to see more u.s dollars going out the door for this i think the american people are with us on this i think watching a war uh come play out on your tv and you're sitting there watching us 24 7 i think the american people and i think members of congress in a bipartisan way are willing to do what the ukrainians are asking let's and now we're going to have to start putting you know shoving uh you know, the civilians that are leaving and going into the NATO countries, we're going to have to start looking at humanitarian aid. And we are looking at additional weapons, and they are moving out the door. We've not seen a number yet to approve on the floor. We've not seen the details of what the, uh, Biden was talking about last night. But I really do believe it's too little too late. But I really do credit the Trump administration. We would not be having this discussion today, Tony, if they did not have the weapons to start the defense. So I do think there's bipartisan support. I think the American people are with us. And I think that, you know, for all of us, you know, that that are at the end of the baby boomer generation and we're looking and seeing things that we really have not have never you know experienced in this country since World War Two. And I will say one thing that's good that's happening. And I give all credit to these NATO nations that are standing and doing the, their thing. The model of NATO is working for the first time in my lifetime. They're banding together. We're sending troops 
to help them on their borders, not on the Ukrainian side. And I think this is exactly what we should be doing. And we've learned a lot in the last seven days. I want to take it back to the State of the Union and how it, it affects us. Of course, we're watching how uh, the invasion uh, affects us right here at home. Um, but I, I left the, the State of the Union, having watched it from home and not there in, in the chamber, wondering exactly who the audience was. I brought this up earlier. I want to go back to it. I had been making the argument that it's very hard for Joe Biden to sell anything. He talks about Build Back Better, but there's no word that uh, Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, is going to move on that. Never mind uh, anything else from, from Senator Cinema. Uh, there were no new policy ideas, but he did mm-hmm. get into an idea that what we should do is fund the police, not defund the police, fund That's the police. That's my favorite. That was You're my favorite line there. of the night. I'm You're like, in you the know, room. You, you've, got, you've got Ocasio-Cortez to the left, and you've got another one to the right. What did you make of that? It, it just, it, it's just, uh, it's unreal. I don't think anybody expected him to rattle off the Republican talkers because we've tracked him for 52 weeks and he's destroying this country and the majority of Americans are with us. I mean, to watch the cities in this country burn down last year and into this year, carjacking's up, crime is up, people are afraid. And I learned last night for the first time, you know, with all of our fellow Americans that, oh, we're going to support police now. Well, that's good. Welcome to the reality, you know, uh, of people in big cities being terrified to walk outside their door. The American people want safe communities. And welcome to, you know, the other part of this with inflation. And every single American has been taxed, even though Joe Biden thinks that, you know, unless you make over 400000 you will not be taxed a penny, he said last night. Well, welcome to inflation. Inflation is a tax on every American. And we're seeing and we're feeling it. The American people are done with his stories, his promises, and actually watching what he's done for 52 weeks. How do you take this in your view? And how do you, without without the, the, the standard line of he's a liar, how do you reach people who are on the fence about it? Maybe they voted for Biden in 2020, but they didn't necessarily vote for this, but they're not sure they want to be a Republican. What is the argument that the party is prepared to make in these midterms to take back control of the House and the Senate? You know, we've got task forces that meet every week here in D.C., and we're putting our bills into this uh, task force to address the things that Biden has done. So as soon as we get the House back in January, we can start addressing the things like, you know, Keystone Pipeline. We can start addressing the issues that have stifled companies and have continued to put pressure on CEOs to get the workforce back to work. And let's not forget that it was Joe Biden who sent $5 trillion into the economy and paid people to stay home. And he's wondering today why people are not in the workforce and working. So I would tell you, we already have the answers. We have worked on a task force for 52, 54, 56 weeks now, ready to address the debacle that he got us into by repealing legislation, if it's repealable, and working for alternative legislation like pay time off, like child care, things to get people back into the workforce, because we are supplying the solutions in a very transparent way. We're telling Americans exactly what we're doing, and we've drafted the bills to file them in January. We're not messing around. 
There's no time to mess around. And to hear him try to, re- to redo history and to rewrite history last night was not only disgusting, it was a disgrace to the American people. The people I represent, Tony, are double-income households, a lot of senior citizens. It's 20-some degrees in Indiana. Propane's up 50%. You can't buy anything in the store. And we have a president that says if you, don't make, if you make over $400,000, you are going to see a tax, but nobody else is. I'm telling you, people are hot. You want to rile the Hoosiers, raise their gas prices, take their food away, and pretend like everything's okay. Americans aren't buying it. It's too little too late. Congresswoman Jackie Walorski, the 2nd District of Indiana. Walorski, W-A-L-O-R-S-K-I, walorski.house.gov is where you can find her. It's always a pleasure. We will talk again soon. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. The Dow is up over 600. Dang. NASDAQ is up 163. And part of this is a very interesting conversation. I heard this last night from from Charles Payne over there at Fox Business. And I said, wait, 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 what? Explain yourself. He kind of did. He said it's possible that with the Russian invasion of Ukraine that it throws so much uncertainty into the global market that perhaps the Fed responds instead of raising interest rates to hedge inflation in the United States, maybe they don't do anything at all. And I said, um well I I I I didn't see I didn't see that one coming. I I did I did not see that one happening. Then again, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. The Inquisition, let's begin the Inquisition. Look out, Sam. We have a mission to convert the Jews. We're going to teach them. Oh, it's so good. It's so, only Mel Brooks could do it right. Everybody else is just total, total awful. By the way, I do need the Monty Python, producer. All right, I need the Monty Python. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> okay. Right? I'm, I need a whole page of Monty Python sounders, if we could just put that together. That'd be, that'd be terrific. Um, it's a fascinating idea. And I think markets are reacting because they're like, hot diggity. Cheap money going to keep on printing? Let's go do some work. Now, he has said that they still see interest rate hikes ahead, but that the implications for the U.S. economy are highly uncertain regarding what's going on in Ukraine. Fascinating. Going to be watching that with everything in me. And then oil prices. Did you guys see oil prices during the State of the Union? Went up five bucks during the State of the Union. Right now, Brent crude is at 111. West Texas, 109. And still, the markets are up. Europe's gas prices are up 60%. Someone, uh, uh, a good man, owns a... Uh, Local cigar shop uh, n- near near me, 
Uh, smoker's Choice. Uh, oh, oh, big humidor. Uh, gas, uh, 378 in the suburbs of Indianapolis. So so we're $4 by the end of the week? Producer, oh, I, I refuse, you know what? Sorry, never mind. I didn't say anything. I was going to say, do you want to bet on this? I'm not betting on, on gas prices being $4 a gallon. That's insane. That's rude. That's gross. I'm not doing it. That's a, that is just simply, that would simply be wrong. These numbers are, are something. And we knew that gas prices were going this way anyway, but they weren't going to get to these numbers till May or June. So now here's the question. What the hell happens in May or June? And I got to tell you, uh, Joe Biden saying in the State of the Union, they're releasing more barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserves. That's nonsense. That is an awful mistake that won't do a damn thing to bring down gas prices. When they did it last time, 50 million barrels brought down gas prices three cents. You might need those barrels for something extremely important. This isn't it. It's pretend you're playing make-believe like you're doing something good for the economy. It's garbage. Don't don't even bother. America could handle the fact that, uh, that Russia provides 12% of the world's oil. We're not going to buy from them. And so therefore, gas prices are going to go up. But we are, right? We're still buying Russian oil? Are we still spending the money on it? But don't lie to them with this whole release from the reserves. That's garbage. I'm Tony Katz.